Welcome to Burning Passages, a podcast for romantic book lovers and lovers of romantic books. Hey everybody, and welcome to Burning Passages. I'm Jason, and I'm here with Allison. Hey. (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm good, you? Good, I'm excited for our first episode. Mm Mm-hmm. In the background is my dog scratching her collar, which sounds like someone's fapping. Oh, that's awesome, because my dog is snoring right next to me. Excellent. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so if you're new to us, we've got roosters and dogs and cats. And so if you don't like those noises, we're not for you. Just yeah. kidding. It's true. It's pretty much true. <laughs> yeah. They're hard to get rid of those sounds. Yeah. They're, they're, well, no, we love our animals. It's all good. Oh. Exactly. All right. So this is Burning Passages. Do you want to tell people what it's about? We are two uh, people that have never read romance books before. So (laughs) we talked about reading romance and seeing what they're about and talking about it. So we're going to try to hit all the genres. And I don't think either of us had any idea how many crazy genres there were out there until... There are so many genres of romance novels. Many genres. It's impressive. It's pretty awesome. Like, I had no idea. I can't wait to read a shifter. Then there's the time travel ones. There's paranormal ones. I mean, there's Amish ones. There's everything. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's amazingly inclusive, but also amazingly specific. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm like, there's got to be one for, like, left-handers. Oh, there definitely is. Yeah. Definitely. I hope it's called lefties. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there probably Maybe. is. I know. It'd be it's- wonderful. Yeah, it's incredible. I have read some romance books, but mostly it's like having read like my mom's Danielle Steele when I was young. Yeah, I mean, I read All the Flowers in the Attic, but I don't know if those are romance or just gross. Well, if that's your idea of romance, (laughs) I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I was 13, maybe 12. (laughs) Yeah, those were some conflicting books. They're pretty gross. I think they raised more questions than answers. Yeah. <laughs> well, in today's book, raises a lot of questions. Sure does. It's an interesting one to start. I'm really excited about it, actually. I know. You kept talking about it, and I was like, I, I don't know how I feel about this one. And then it came, and the cover is bananas. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Just yes. like, you, there's no leaving the house with this book on you. No. No. So today we are doing a Chuck Tingle book. Mm-hmm. Um, who Chuck Tingle is really big in the romance world, it seems, from my research. Yours as well? Um, I My research has been listening to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I listened to it, the, the Chuck Tingle podcast as well, and it's really great. I like that oh, very much true. too. It, it made me more familiar with him and then more of his writing. But today we're going to do um, Chuck Tingle, Handsome Sentient Food, Pounds Me in My Butt and Turns Me Gay. It's actually just pounds my butt and turns me gay. Oh, correct. Yeah. It's eight <laughs> tales you. of hot food and beverage love. Thank you, Chuck Single. <laughs> I like that he included beverages. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of beverages in here, too. See? Inclusivity. I almost feel like it's more beverages than food. That's true, actually. Aren't you right? Interesting. Huh. Well, in one yeah. building as well. Yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to read you the back cover. 
There's no denying that food and sex go hand in hand, and never has that been more apparent than with Chuck Tingle's sizzling erotic collection. Handsome sentient food pounds my butt and turns me gay. Collected within are the most mouth-watering tales of gay food and drink that you will ever indulge in, including eight short stories, as well as Chuck's famous recipes for spaghetti and chocolate milk. Wow. So until last night when we were talking, uh-huh. I didn't, I hadn't looked at this nutritional facts label on the back. Did you right. check this out? <laughs> so this might be my favorite thing from the book. Yes. It's got serving size of one buckaroo. <laughs> serving per container enough for you and some buds and then some. the amount per yeah the amount per serving calories whole bunch <laughs> calories from fat all muscle <laughs> so total abs the daily value is 127 total calves 1482 total wieners 87 hardness way hard horseplay thanks wrestling in the dark Proud moments, five, and I love this, hot to trot moments. There's only two. Only two. (laughs) Only two. (laughs) And then we've got the vitamins. Vitamin buck, 137%. 130. Vitamin bud, 110%. Nice. Vitamin scoundrel, negative 50%. Yay. And the normal man, 100%. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So good. It really is good. Well, you know why? Why? Because there's nothing like a hot meal for a hard bud. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's so many good one-liners in this whole thing. I love I it. I hope there's this little picture on the back, too, hand-drawn picture of Dr. Chuck Tingle. Yes. And I really hope that he drew it. I would love to know who drew that. That'd be amazing. So are you going to read us a little bit about the author? I will tell you a little bit about the author. So um, Dr. Chuck Tingle is an erotic author and Taekwondo Grandmaster. He's almost a black belt from Billings, Montana, after receiving his PhD at DeVry University in Holistic Massage. Chuck found himself fascinated by all things sensual, leading to his creation of The Tingler, a story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. (laughs) Chuck's hobbies include backpacking, checkers, and sport. I love that. Sport. (laughs) Sport. (laughs) I like my use of the word sensual. Sensual? Yeah. It's a sensual moment. It's like a horny Barbara Walters. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's, uh, these these stories are hilarious. So there's eight, but we decided to only do three. We'd be here all day if we did all eight. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I I know us. (laughs) We'd have to pause, refresh cocktails, everything. Well, these stories bring up so many questions because it involves food and sex, and then the food is also sentient. And so there's a whole lot of questions. There's a whole lot of questions. It's just, this guy's actually got a pretty incredible imagination. True. Yeah. Who would ever (laughs) think of this stuff? If you had to think of a sexy food, what would you choose? Like a food you had to actually have sex with. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea because I I don't think of food that way. Um, (laughs) Stretch your imagination (laughs) and your anal rim. Oh. A lot of talk about anal rims. Lots, lots of talk about it. Yeah. Um, We use dirty language in this podcast. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) I get, I I don't know. What would you, what would you choose? 
Well, it's I had it, it more. It leads to more questions in my thing, like <laughs> because according to Chuck Tingle, it either ends in like marriage or sadness, or you never see the food again, and then some of the foods last forever, and then some of the foods expire. So and some get consumed. It's very interesting. Yeah, my gut reaction is pizza. Oh, yeah. interesting. It seems know. really greasy. I know, but. <laughs> Uh, there's maybe some benefit to that. <laughs> I don't want a hot liquid. Hot beverages are not nice in this book. Nor do I want a giant diner building. That no, that's what rough. the hell. <laughs> it seems very basementy and concretey. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking like concrete or brick. Yeah, you know? I don't. I don't want anything with concrete or brick. Like an old Howard Johnson's. Oh no, that's like pretty much what I'm picturing. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> So you're you're picking not a Howard Johnson's, but have you picked no. food? <laughs> no, I've not picked a food. I guess I would have to go functional and go with the emoji eggplant. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. So um, we've chosen three stories to, to cover out of this book. And what's the first one? Oh, Creamed in the Butt by My Handsome Living Corn. Yeah. That one? <laughs> do you like corn? <laughs> I do like corn, but I don't but- know if I like it so much after reading this. <laughs> These stories also made me think that I wanted these foods, and then I turned the page, and I was good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm hungry. Nope. I'm good. Nope. Nope. nope I'm fine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So I guess like the, the, the short premise of this one is uh, some agriculture dude is going to a uh, agriculture, like an American conference. Yes, a conference. Thank okay. you. And um, he is... What? Is he a potato farmer? I don't even remember anymore. No, he's a beet farmer. I was actually asking you conference as a question, not like telling. I was like, is it a conference? Like, what the hell is he going to? It's no, like he's some... going to a conference. Oh. And he's a beet, he's a beet farmer. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so he gets on a plane and this is where he meets the handsome, sentient uh, living corn. Yeah. So we'll just start on page two here with a, a little quote to kind of set the scenes. I look up. My reminiscence of the good old days dissipating quickly, as it's replaced by the smiling face of a large cob of corn. I'm over there, the striking corn says, pointing to the airplane seat next to me. I should stand up and let him through, making the whole boarding process as quick and efficient as possible. But instead, I just sit here and stare at him, completely taken aback by the vegetable's shockingly good looks. Are you all right? the corn asks, snapping me out of it for a second time. Oh yeah, sorry about that, I stammer standing up from my seat and then stepping out into the aisle of our bustling jet as we prepare for takeoff. I wave my hands across the row of chairs, motioning the corn inward. Even now, I can't take my eyes off this muscular agricultural staple as he moves past me and then finally collapses into the window seat. He's perfectly toned from head to toe, a beautiful yellow glow shimmering off every kernel of his body. Okay, then. <laughs> nice. So I'm just going to hop on this plane with some corn. Yeah. Um, Who happens to be named Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> but this whole part leads me to my first question is, how does a corn sit? Does his cob bend? Well, because later there's driving of the car as well. And that's when I, I was like, corn, like, it, he'll have to stand this entire flight. Does he have go-go gadget legs? They just grow like two feet. Oh, my gosh. All right. So um, I'm up on page four and mm-hmm. um, they're 
going to the the conference and he's a beat man but he's starting to question his his beat sexuality i guess (laughs) he is does he have sex with the beats or just raise them no no he just raises the beats because okay you know liplin the corn you know converts him with his gay butt moves (laughs) (laughs) page four still there is something that continues to gnaw away in the back of my mind a strange ache that throbs deep down in my darkest, gayest parts of my subconscious. <laughs> what if I had a relationship with Corn? My life is wonderful now, and I respect the hell out of beats. But could it be even better? Because everything's better with Corn. Absolutely. We <laughs> want to see Corn the next day. We always want to see Corn. Corn? <laughs> when did I eat Corn? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had to. Oh my god. So Corrin's like really sexy and seems to go to the gym a lot. Yes, and, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell us what Corrin looks like and what sort of reactions causes? Okay, well, they're taking a walk between the restaurant and the hotel and Matthew is uh, thinking, so no matter what I do, I wanted to call him Liplin, no matter what I do, I can't stop thinking about the way the light had glistened off the Corrin's beautiful rounded kernels or even the succulent that subtle taste that his body would create in my mouth. Oh. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, I find myself at the beginnings of a completely unexpected erection. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So while the concept is a bit intimidating at first, it's actually quite comforting the longer I think about it. What would be so wrong for a farmer and his vegetable to take their relationship to the next level? <laughs> I don't know. Just take that chance. You never know. <laughs> it's true. You do never know. <laughs> oh, no. We find out. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Not for a few pages, though. (laughs) Well, on page eight. (laughs) All of the pent-up desire that's been waiting so patiently within me suddenly explodes across my body, consumed by a frantic desire to become one with this handsome corn. Even though I am completely straight, and Liplin is a male, there is no denying the energy that exchanges between us any longer. (laughs) Whoa, I gush as we pull back from one another. The business can wait, Liplin tells me with a smile. Oh, now it's Lipton. It just changed. Yeah. (laughs) How about some cornholing, I offer mischievously. (laughs) Without hesitation, I turn and push the giant corn back onto the grass behind us, noticing now that an absolutely massive yellow erection has started to sprout from his ripped body. It grows larger and larger as I begin to passionately kiss my way down his kerneled chest, drifting lower with every touch of my lips until my mouth is finally hovering directly above his swollen member. Ooh, sexy time. So I think we can gather what's happening here. So um, we'll just go to page nine. Cornhold at last, Liplin shouts gleefully as his dick impales me. (laughs) <laughs> wait i'm sorry again cornhold at last oh okay just checking <laughs> every ounce of my being feels stretched tight ready to snap at any moment under the pressure of his substantial thickness okay oh well don't worry because the pain and discomfort that surges through me begins to subside Oh, good, good. Yeah. It it subsides until page 8, I mean 10, when the sound is immediately joined by a spastic crackle, a series of loud pops that rattle off in rapid succession. I look back over my shoulder in shock, 
to discover that Liplin is erupting in a fit of passion, the kernels across his body exploding into puffs of popcorn and then shooting off in every direction. I'm coming, Icorn shouts. And yes, it does say Icorn shouts. Within me, I can feel the strangely pleasant snap of his cock popping as well. His orgasms displaying itself in carnal preparation of snack food. Huh. He's filling me up with his seed, pumping load after load within me until finally there's not enough room in my ass and the popcorn comes spilling out over the edges of my sphincter, scattering across the ground below like an overfilled popcorn machine at the local movie theater. Just like that. There's so much corn in my asshole, I shriek, beating myself off with an umtamed fury. Wow. When I glance back over my shoulders once more, I find myself alone on the cliffside. Heaps of popcorn strewn everywhere, but my handsome companion, nowhere to be found. A strong wind blows and scatters the food, some of it whipping off into the air and swirling away into the distance. In this moment, I realize Liplin is truly gone. Oh, God. So these stories either end in romance or sadness, and this was a sad one. This is a sad one, but um, there's a crowd watching, too. Oh, oh yeah. yes, there's a little paragraph afterwards. Yes, let's talk oh. about that. I look up at the crowd before me, watching as tears stream down their face. <laughs> Where did they uh, come from? I don't know, but do you think they're crying because they're horrified, or are they crying because it's so sad? <laughs> I don't no, is he giving a speech? It's so confusing. I realize now that I too am crying, reminiscing of my night long ago with this agricultural lover. <laughs> oh, so yeah. specific. Interesting. It's a eulogy. That's the eulogy. Oh, is that, did I miss that? I miss a lot of things. <laughs> apparently. Apparently oh. it's like when uh, Exotic Joe talks about his husband's perfect balls at his funeral. Oh, well, you know what? <laughs> I'll see you on the other side when I'm ready for some more cornhole. That's, I, I've never heard a story end so nicely. <laughs> it's really a nice little yeah. wrap up there. It's funny, though, because I do find the characters endearing. And there are moments where it is like sexy time, like it's sexy. But then like you're like, oh, but it's corn. Yeah. Okay. And then I get very pragmatic and practical. I'm like, well, has it been shucked? Like, is it yes. wearing its green? Like, there was no talk about shucking. Well, it had to be shucked because they were talking about its yellow skin. Shouldn't you shuck before you fuck? You would think so. And also, corn kind of starts off a little white until it's cooked. It gets more yellow as you cook it or boil it, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's like how a lobster turns red. Does corn scream like a lobster? <laughs> I certainly hope not. Oh, that's okay. terrible. <laughs> I know. That's not nice. All these thoughts swirling in my head now. Well, speaking of swirl. Ooh. Our next book, our next book, our next story. <laughs> our next confection. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of donut? Um, I think my absolute favorite is just a chocolate glaze. Oh, chocolate glaze top? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No tops in this book. At least not for main characters. I like a Boston cream. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of Boston creams in this one. God, gross. <laughs> There's actually not a Boston cream. There's not. Are you going to give a title for this one? Um, glazed by the gay living donuts. This oh, makes me think of Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> All right. So speaking of horny donuts, um, what's going on on page 13? Well, at page 13, there's a bunch of, uh... Oh yeah. Let's tell the story. I'm sorry. I asked a question. Now I'm going to interrupt, but why don't you give like the, the basic lay down of the story? 
Why don't you? Because I did on the last one. <laughs> okay. So um, we've got some hot buds. They're going on a little Southern California vacation road trip. Yep. And uh, where are they going? San Diego? San Diego. And they're looking for some of these hot and wild gay donut bars. Yeah. Who knew about these gay donut bars? It's pretty amazing. I, I, I had no idea. I lived in San Diego, too. I can't believe you weren't exposed to these. So, you know, these guys are upset. It's like kind of their last night in San Diego, and they're not having the fun that uh, that they thought they would. So, I don't know. Go out tonight, I tell them. Like, go to one of these secret donut clubs or something. Being from the Midwest, the donut clubs are something of a mystery to us all. A vague rumor that found its way to us through various online forums or via hushed whispers at the local gay bar back home. We had heard tales about the utterly depraved donut scene in San Diego, but deep down, I'd always considered the idea of living, talking, gay pastries to be a purely European thing. Despite being invented in America, the living donuts themselves eventually started to migrate overseas in an attempt to find a more sexually liberal lifestyle. Oh. Yeah. I guess it's so underground that I didn't know about these uh, gay pastries. So I like that they're trying to explain everything to us. But once again, just more questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why is it a European thing? They're more sexually liberal. And it seemed like they all of a sudden became sentient. Like it wasn't always Yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. Hmm. Maybe it's like a Frankenstein thing. Maybe there was a comet or something. I don't know. All right. So um, here's where they talk about like how the sexy donuts came into the world. (laughs) (laughs) Page 14. The ruling led to a whole slew of human rights arguments. But despite the fact that living donuts could talk, think, and even love, they were still not considered to be legally human and therefore could not be afforded the same basic privileges. Jordan rolls over on the blanket and faces me, propping himself up on his arm. First of all, there are no gay donuts in the United States, thanks to the Pastry Fucking Act of 2016. Sure, not out floating around in the public, but they're still here, I offer. You just need to find the right donut shop. I sit up and look to my left. Far, far down the beach where the stores become stranger and sometimes less legal. They sell weed down there like it's nothing, I say. I bet we can get a read on a hot gay donut bar. (laughs) So they're outlawed, but you can find them. And we also find out that they just float around in public. Yeah, and it's funny because like when I first was reading this, I didn't really realize that floating thing. Yeah. Until I got towards the because I visualize little like drawn in cartoon donut legs, right? Me too. Okay. Yeah. And not just like <laughs> like the letter O with a big dick hanging off of it either. Like I didn't picture that. I didn't either. I was picturing little stick arms, little stick legs. And then what like flavor donut did you picture? Um, I was picturing, honestly, I was picturing a donut with pink frosting and sprinkles. Oh, Interesting. Hot femme top donut with a massively engorged member. Yes. Eh, Excellent. Well, no, I just couldn't really picture that. Like, does it drag on the floor? Because apparently it's huge. It seems (laughs) troublesome. Yes. It doesn't seem like it seems a little bit cumbersome. But luckily, as um, you know, we find out in this book, everyone who's like initially straight is then like an expert deep throater. Uh, Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) 
it happens really fast (laughs) it's it's a quick lesson yeah so um these boys are trying to find one of these shops they go into a local coffee shop this is on page 14 uh with a round mysterious symbol stuck inconspicuously at the outer window a signal to those of us who know what to look for what would you like the handsome young guy asked the dark roast is fresh actually i'm not really in the mood for coffee i tell him my heart beating hard within my chest how about a donut (laughs) oh yeah we've got those the man says nodding apple fritter maple bar i hesitate for a moment not quite sure how to go about this do you have anything a little gayer (laughs) so (laughs) it's quite a way to find out where your uh, gay donut bar is yeah it's a code (laughs) which that's how the gay underground works (laughs) does it still work that way i think we just go online now yeah that's what i thought why are these donuts in such hiding I don't know. I mean, apparently they're banned to Europe where people are freer. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, so that leads me to a little bit more about the gay donut scene on page 15. Uh, he's he's trying to convince his friends to get into it, and they find the person that tells them about the clubs. Oh, well, in that case, I think I've got something for you, the guy says, looking up with a wide smile and a wink. I know some places, actually. I might be able to help you find out later tonight. Have your friends call me. I'm Parker, he says, handing me a card with his name, number, and the mysterious round symbol. Mike, I tell him, and this is Jordan and Sam. You know, the gay pastry scene isn't for everyone, Parker explains cryptically. You gentlemen up for an adventure? Of course, I smile. It's exactly what we've been looking for. Uh, so they've been seeking out donuts didn't they just find out about donuts like 10 minutes ago um earlier in the day sir okay thank you (laughs) and i think i said page 16 but that was page 15 that was page 15 because on 16 we find out that they arrive at a living donut bar which uh one of them was calling a dessert speakeasy because there was a password at the door oh and what's the password a baker's dozen (laughs) (laughs) that's so good (laughs) So they get into the bar, so on page 17, Parker takes a deep breath. Oh, well, he starts. This is a gay donut bar, as you can see. Most of the gay donuts packed up and moved to Europe when they were outlawed, which is straight up unconstitutional if you ask me. But a few of them stayed behind. Now they live in hiding, but the donut community has found a way to let them work under the table, providing a particular service that is commonly referred to as glazing. What the fuck does that mean? I finally ask. I'm just a country boy from Ohio. You're going to have to walk me through this. Parker cracks a smile. It means that one man's going to suck off a whole dozen gay donuts, and then they're going to glaze his face in hot sugary gum. Mm. Inside of me, a fire starts to burn, overtaking everything else with hot, unfiltered desire to be a part of this erotic celebration of living confectionery. Nice. (laughs) A dozen, I repeat to Parker in astonishment. That's a lot of glaze. That's going to raise your glucose levels. You should be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, My other question, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you consider an apple fritter and a maple bar a donut? Um, I would consider a maple bar a donut, but I wouldn't consider an apple fritter a donut. I consider them confectionaries, but I do not vote them as donut. Yeah, I would consider a maple bar a donut, but apple fritter is definitely just a pastry. Oh, okay. Who would you rather get glazed by? (laughs) so gross (laughs) i just prefer apple fritters in general so i think the taste would be better okay um so mike's about to enter the competition where he's about to win that big glaze prize and so 
on page 18. Now, let's go to it, the voice finishes. The next thing I know, a handsome floating donut is approaching me from either side. The pastries are absolutely gorgeous, muscular, and toned, with massive dicks hanging down from their frosted circular bodies. This is where I was, like, stopped in my tracks. I felt like they were going to stub it, like, on the ground. Like, it caught yeah. like, yeah. It's... I, in my mind's eye, I'm seeing them dragging. Yes. <laughs> like, this description. Yeah. Like, which doesn't seem like a good thing. Yeah. You know, because then I was like, how do they float around? I'm so confused as to how they're hovering. It seems tiring. It's, yeah. just, it's a lot of work. Yeah. These donuts are up for it, though. They're, they're willing to try again and again. <laughs> I know, because on page 19, immediately, two freshly baked maple bars approached me, taking their friend's place. Oh. These pastries are equally hung, and with a newfound ferocity and a face full of cum, I start to expertly suck them off. The desserts are clearly enjoying themselves, roughly passing me back and forth between them. So they don't say anything about the maple bars floating. Do you think the maple bars have legs? I feel like maybe the maple bars are just like on the bottom of their little rectangle. So sticky and dirty. But I also... Sorry. It's all very sticky and dirty. That's what this whole book is about. (laughs) I like that you're most offended by the donuts possibly touching the ground, not (laughs) by the the baker's dozen. I don't know what to finish off on this guy's face. (laughs) Seems true to form. Yeah, it's pretty true. Um, Speaking about Donuts finishing. Oh, fuck, the living confectionery starts to moan from his single circular opening. So they talk out of their holes? I guess so. Because, I mean... Where does the maple bar talk from? Don't you see eyes, like, above, like, on the top part of the hole, and maybe the nose and mouth on the bottom part of the hole? Like, floating like the Microsoft paperclip? Yes. (laughs) Okay, great. Are you ready for one more? I pull back to answer, but before I can form the words... A warm blast of jizz hits me in the face. I laugh a little as it somehow manages to get up my nose, and I smile when the strings of semen dangle off of me. He pumps a few more shots, and then he turns me to face the other treat, whose balls I massage in my hand. Cover my face with your sugary frosting, I beg, starting to get into me now. Use me as your gay donut cum dumpster. A little bit, right? (laughs) Why are we on quarantine? I want so many donuts right now. It's <laughs> probably why. Because we have no access to Damn the donuts. The coronavirus. <laughs> and I know we didn't talk about this one, but I'd love this. Two floating donuts approach me with their cocks and their tiny oh. baked hands, beating off and looking down at my fit body as it lies contorted below them. One of them is covered in dark brown chocolate sprinkles, while the other sports an incredibly arousing coat of coconut shavings. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah frozen treats make their way in and like when are frozen treats donuts (laughs) i guess we're maybe reading into it a little too much but yeah clearly this receiver has uh he's taken it up to 15 so well yeah he's like done spin around position changes he's got his butthole completely exposed to the world he's also can we note at this point in front of his two friends (laughs) yes well that doesn't seem to matter at all Well, in gay world, it kind of doesn't, actually. I, I will say that. Like, in donut world, seems like everyone's, like, really hung and has, like, extra loads. And you, in fact, win prizes for so it. So many. So Trips, everything. We ended off with, well, Mike, you had a great night here on the Big Glaze, starring in your very own donut show. 
in taking 16 loads. You're going to love taking 16 more during your all-expense-paid trip to Holland, home of the Dutch (laughs) who came to America and invented the donut many, many years ago. You'll stay at the finest luxury hotel that Holland has to offer before being whisked away to our sister donut shop for your very own headline show. He's a success. <laughs> Did he know he was Congratulations. getting into that? Wait, what? Did he know he was getting into that? But like, if he was able to successfully take on 15 floating donuts, yeah. he would have to. He just took on a baker's dozen and a half. I think he's open to the free hotel and foreign cocks. <laughs> Just a thought. I don't know. <laughs> so many questions. I really would like it if Chuck Tingle would draw a picture of these donuts for me. Okay, so do you think, do they have different accents? Like, they have to. Does a maple bar, okay, so give me an example. Well, no, I'm just thinking, you know, ones that were, ones that were, <laughs> well, no. <laughs> ones that were baked in foreign countries would have the accent of their origins. Not just like a maple bar is going to sound like it's from Vermont. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's like the origin story Hmm. of the donut. And then do you think the donut holes are just like gathered around watching the Mm, ones that are left over? Maybe. I hadn't thought about it. But are they like chicken nuggets in a a box? You know, remember they used to have those (laughs) chicken nugget commercials when we were kids where it'd be like six nuggets with faces in a box? Where would a croissant? Well, a croissant is not a donut. It'd be in France. It's confectionery, though. Mm, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um. What about a jelly? <laughs> I think a jelly would be having a good time there. Is a jelly a top or a bottom? I, I'm thinking bottom. <laughs> All right. I want two top donuts and two bottom donuts. <laughs> Quick, go. I don't know my donuts that well. I guess a top would be the old dirty bastard from Voodoo, just because the name. Okay. And then I would say, I would say probably a Boston cream would be a top. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. And then I'm thinking something with marshmallows on it would be a bottom. Oh. And a jelly. Okay. I think old fashioned and Mm -hmm. um, a jelly are the bottoms. Oh, I could see an old fashioned being a top. Go on. Oh, okay. They're a little hard around the edges and. Oh, and their holes are really tight. Yeah, they're not very tasty. Go on. Okay. Let's move on to our next food. They probably drink Manhattans. <laughs> Wait, what? They probably drink Manhattans. We haven't covered beverages, but there's some angry beverages in this book. There sure are. Why don't you talk about coffee for a second? I don't know if I even can talk about coffee. Um, Coffee's there's mean. A, there's a mean, angry coffee who apparently thinks everybody's gay for coffee, and... They have to have continual sex in their warm liquid in order to stay hot, because if they get cool, they die? But then they, like, absorb the people that jump into their cup? Exactly. So they they get these assistants to fall in love with them within 10 seconds. Yes. And then they tell them to jump in their cup so that they can be together forever. There's a lot of, like, suspension of disbelief in these stories. (laughs) And one of the things I have questions with is like are you food or are you like a sex partner and then do you go (laughs) stale do you regenerate like it's it's a question i have well it's definitely a question for this next story yeah are you stale do you regenerate are you suddenly huge are you tiny what's going on (laughs) right (laughs) all right so what's the title of the next one slammed in the butt by the living leftover chocolate chip cookies from my kitchen cabinet have you ever had a leftover chocolate chip cookie? Absolutely not. Nope. 
nope, nope, nope. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen. That's not realistic. Yeah. All right. So um, the main character in this story, he's a bartender at a milk bar. Mm, so Delightful. Yes. <laughs> Page 71. Do you kind of feel like the Maloko bars, though, from Clockwork Orange? I got the Clockwork Orange milk bar feel, and yeah. then it felt sort of like a daytime drinking kind of thing. Like, I just needed some milk, like lunchtime, <laughs> to <Yes>. feel good. <laughs> it didn't feel happy at all. And I got a little bit of a true blood vibe, but maybe that's because it's otherworldly. Yeah, they do kind of talk about being a vampire with his schedule. Right, yeah, page 71. Okay. Bizarre schedule makes me feel kind of like a vampire. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Which is cool, I suppose, but I miss all my friends. It sounds like he's in quarantine. Right, exactly. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, he's in milk bar quarantine. Sure. Every once in a while, they'll stop by and grab a quick drink of milk. But when I'm on the clock and I don't have much time to chat, especially in a milk bar as crowded as this one, I can barely get in a hug and make a bit of small talk. But the second this is over, then it's back to the grind, mixing up the strawberry quick and popping the caps off of ice-cold chocolate milk in the glass bottle. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds delicious and icky at the same time. Sure does. Yeah. Well, actually, it doesn't sound delicious. I hate milk, and I've never liked it, so. Oh, I love strawberry quick. It's so good, so chemical. It reminds me of a friend from childhood. Did you make it from powder? I'll do it anyway. Because when you make it from powder, you can make a thick layer of sugar on the bottom mm. yeah body by sugar over here um, love it <laughs> my mom would never buy that stuff for us but my friend's mom did and uh we would basically just use it to spoon sugar into our faces yeah i would live off of that that would be delicious forever did you have coffee milk in connecticut <gasps> no but that sounds like something i could get with not in this way <laughs> I swear it's only a Massachusetts thing. I swear, I, like it. Yeah, we had coffee milk like in like middle and elementary school. It's delicious. Perfect. Elementary school kids get them going on the flavor of coffee. I, right. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> start them young. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in this bar, uh -huh. and uh, what's our main character's name anyway? I thought it was Michael, maybe. Ma no, but wasn't that no? That was Matthew McConaughey. I don't know. Whatever. So our main guy's in the bar. Uh, he supposes one of the few advantages of his job is getting tips. When you're as handsome as I am, it's hard not to make a killing in tips, even when you're having an off night. Thanks to my big bright eyes and boyish good looks, I could have given the guy a shot of hot chocolate and he still would have been just as generous. Oh. Suddenly, I notice a movement across the bar, the door swinging open, and a group of tall, perfectly round discs entering through the darkness. I don't have to see their faces to know exactly who it is. The familiar walk of my chocolate chip cookies immediately registering within the deepest recesses of my brain. The smile quickly crosses my face as the gang of them approaches all five of the desserts stepping into the light as they may make their way up to the bar. I can't help doing an excited dance as I make my way around the counter and hug Gorbot, who has always been my favorite of the bunch. Oh my god, what are you guys doing here, I ask? Shouldn't you be sitting in my kitchen cabinet? <laughs> I didn't... What the hell? <laughs> I didn't see their faces, <laughs> let alone get their names. And so, yeah, so the cookies have decided to come by and visit him at work, which is very nice of them. I and guess. So... If you're a cookie, would you want to go into a milk bar, though? Somebody's going to dunk you right away and eat you. It seemed dangerous to me, right? <laughs> yes. I thought it was, yeah. 
like because you know things end up pretty dangerous in these stories but (laughs) so page 73 Gorbett continues we thought we'd just stop in and say hi Gorbett says with a smile it's been a while my living cookie shipple adds (laughs) you stopped eating us last month and now I feel like we'll Uh never see you I roll my eyes (laughs) I'm on a diet you know this well, we figured we'd come to see you instead, Gorbett continues. I shake my head, not knowing what to say, and suddenly, finding myself incredibly touched by the food's love and support. I've only had these cookies in my cabinet for five or six weeks. No, no. So it's like five or six hours. Yeah. Continue. But I've never never felt anything but love for this collection of awesome desserts. I've never felt so conflicted in one sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Of course, I'll admit that there are times when I realize this feeling of love may be a little more sexually potent than I'd like to admit, but that kind of goes without saying when you consider the fact that they're all pretty attractive and living in a post-college world where casual sex and hookups with your own living food is the norm. In reality, these cookies are completely off-limits, there to eat, and nothing more. But I'd be lying if I didn't admit that my mind had wandered there once or twice. I honestly think the thing that's most attractive about my five living cookies has nothing to do with their handsome chocolate chip features. However, it's the fact that they seem a little competitive for my attention and approval. Of course, Gorbat usually wins, but the quarreling will always be so exciting to watch. Sorry, had to add that on there. So there's like sex food and then food food? Yeah, I guess so. It's the same food? Yeah, and like, I'm sorry, how do these cookies fit in his cabinet, but they're able to stroll up into a dark bar and he knows them immediately by their outline? Well, he refers to like the suspension of disbelief as like each in timelines thing just happen. Hmm. But I want the timeline where cookies last six weeks. Me too. I also want the timeline where I could shrink and grow at will. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Be amazing. Let's get on that timeline. (laughs) So apparently milk bars can be a rough scenario every so often. Yeah. And people get mad because you might mess up and try to hand them some skim and pass it off as whole. Mm -hmm. How dare they? I'd be mad if you gave me oat and it was like soy. So on page 75... Um, you know, the guy who was there before was just had a little too much milk tonight. So he's out looking for certified. Have you ever had too much milk and started a fight? No, I've had too much milk and ended up somewhere else I didn't want to be. Oh. <laughs> so immediately my living cookies are upon him. Gorbett laying the guy out in a single punch while the others grab his crumpled body and begin to carry him towards the door. This would have worked out just fine had the gentleman in question not been accompanied by a booth full of other angry loudmouths who quickly came to his aid. The next thing I know, all hell is broken loose. The entire bar, now a tumbling fistfight between man and food. (laughs) The idea of these giant, like, life-sized, huge-sized cookies sounds so delicious to me the whole time. It's like, you can eat that for days. Well, I know. It continues on the next page. I can see now the men are completely bruised and beaten, clearly not faring well against my muscular living cookies, who all seem to be perfectly fine. Not the least bit crumbly after this unexpected battle. They can hold up. They're not going to (laughs) crumble. So I sort of like had this, I was thinking like about cookie bars. Mm -hmm. And I just imagine it would smell like old icky spilled milk. Yeah, which is disgusting. And I feel like there should be like lots of cats just hanging out. 
there probably would be. <laughs> just wouldn't be able to help it. Well, and another thing that grosses me out is, and so on page 77, they go into the decor a little bit. <laughs> and uh, the fist fight's over, and it's just our bartender friend. Um, I think his name's Rick, maybe. No, Rick's the bouncer. <laughs> yeah. Um, just hanging out with his living cookies. His five living cookies. Yeah. Because yeah, Just, also who's in, got five fucking cookies left? Go on. Well, in the gay world, like people are like, oh, I want you and like all your top buds to come over and use me. It's like we don't really travel in gangs. Like it's not how it goes. Like I, I don't know. When you say gang, I think of like. I just immediately picture like those terrible leather daddy hats that I bet people probably <laughs> still wear and like bad motorcycle jackets with like ripped off arms. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Oh, no, I live in Palm Springs. That's yeah. very much happening. Yeah, that's very that's... much alive and still here. That's what yeah. I see. <laughs> All right. Well, even grosser. Page 77. <laughs> we chat and catch up, enjoying each other's company over a collection of vintage couches in the back corner. The desserts even talked me into having a glass of skim for myself, which is pretty nice and makes me loosen up a little bit more. Yes. Yeah, you're going to need to loosen up for what's about to happen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so they have vintage couches in the corner of a milk bar. Yeah. Well, leather's Ew. easy to clean. No, it's not. Just wipe that no. up. <laughs> Ew. Little like Windex. It. <laughs> it's not okay. No. <laughs> So they're having some heart to heart, and then here's where it turns to the gay corner. Oh boy! So they're talking, and of course you can open up to us. Gorbit says, pulling me even closer to him. Where your cookies? <laughs> if a cookie pulled you closer to it, <laughs> I would instantly just like be eating. I would too. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> As Gorbit pulled me even closer to him, my mouth was open before I was even within reach. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of open mouths, mm -hmm. page 78, my breath catches in my throat as I try to remain composed. I don't want any of them to know how horny this revelation makes me. Like I said before, I'm typically great with my poker face, but in this case, I've let myself slip. It's almost as though I want to be caught. I realize now just how badly I want to feel something, to let any emotion surge through me the way they used to before I took on this stupid job. I want to be free make crazy impulsive decisions. Why, asks Scorbit, turning his brown head cookie to look down at me. I can feel his thumb running back and forth across the flesh of my hip, testing my limits. Because we could all hook up if you weren't on my grocery list, I tell him, diving <laughs> in completely. Uh, that leads into this, which is basically the theme in all of these stories. My first instinct is to pull away. But as the surge of relief washes over me, I switch gears completely. The floodgates have been opened and there's no going back. I am fully invested in this gay fantasy now, and I intend to take things all the way. Even though I'm perfectly straight, I'm determined to get this homoerotic sensation that I so desperately crave from my dessert. <laughs> yeah, so he's perfectly straight. Perfectly straight. On page 78. Yeah. <laughs> and then like not more than like 200 words later right oh no like two sentences later <laughs> literally two sentences later different page two sentences <laughs> if we're gonna do this i say let's fucking do it now stand up and get out those cocks of yours <laughs> they surround me in a forest of sugary living cookie duck <laughs> <laughs> 
I I would love to be in a forest of cookie dick. It sounds <laughs> fucking delicious. But he also goes from like just like sort of like cookie curious yeah. to I open wide and my living cookie slips his cock within for a second time. Only now I've somehow managed to relax enough to allow his manhood to be fully consumed. His cock sinks deeper and deeper into my throat finally coming to rest with his balls pressed tightly against my chin. I look up at Shibble's chocolatey eyes and give a playful wink, allowing him to enjoy the sensation of complete consumption as he holds me there. Oh, yeah. A little deep throat and a wink. Every time, too. The second try, expert deep throater. Yeah. Every time. Professionally performed. Yes. Expertly performed. It's amazing. At the bottom of the page, I can't believe this is happening, I tell them. I can't believe I'm sucking off the leftover cookies from my kitchen cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) My thought is, I can't believe there are leftover cookies from any kitchen cabinets. I want to be completely used by my living desserts. Their own personal sex toy for the evening. I just... I'm open to it. <laughs> Dessert fantasies. Quarantine's got us all crazy. You just you need to do it. Yeah. I know. It just never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily on page 82, mm-hmm. the handsome desserts aren't finished with me yet. The next thing I know, the living cookie who fucks my asshole from behind has picked up speed, slamming me hard, and then pushing deep as he explodes with a payload of hot chocolate syrup. What else? (laughs) Yeah, well, his warm sweetness fills my ass quickly, gushing forth with a supernatural intensity until it's squirting from the edges of my packed anal rim. Oh, boy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Shoot that chocolate syrup deep into your owner's maxed out asshole, I encourage. Fill me up. When my living cookie pulls out, a whole torrent of chocolate comes with him. The liquid running down my ass and providing ample lube for the next confectionery in line. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take turnsies. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of turns that just go on. Well, here's the deal. I The problem I have is maybe when you're talking about butt fucking not chocolate syrup. Yeah, it does not sound delightful. <laughs> it's okay. like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was on board until these last two pages. And yeah. then on 83, something happens that you're going to talk about. And I'm like, I, I'm not so sure about it. This kills me. So that was really nice. I tell Gorbit, you taste great. Gorbett reaches down and takes me by the hand, helping me to my feet. Of course I do. I'm 400 calories of nothing but fat and sugar. (laughs) I thought he was really muscular. I thought I was thinking sexy rib donut as well. Yeah. I glance around at the circle of handsome gay desserts. This guy's looking beautifully toned and muscular as they catch their breath in the dim light of the bar. We can't tell anyone, I remind my living cookies. I don't want to have to fuck everything in the entire kitchen. Of course not, Gorbett assures me. Never again. I think about this for a moment and then suddenly shake my head. On second thought, tell everyone you can. I can't wait to see what a living cheeseburger feels like pounding away at my butt. The cookies all burst into a fit of laughter and we all exchange enthusiastic high fives. I've done a high five after sex before, so I can can agree with that. But it was not before I wanted a cheeseburger to pound myself. So that's that's good. It's crazy. This is the first one there they didn't talk about a prostate orgasm there's a lot of prostate orgasms there's a lot of um 
tongues that are longer than is humanly possible. Yes, um, much longer than is humanly possible. Gravity is not a thing. There's a lot nope. of things that are not things <laughs> in these uh, timelines, which I appreciate. Suspension of disbelief. There's a lot of imagination. It's yeah. amazing. It's pretty good. I wasn't quite expecting it. And when this book came with this cover and I mean, there's literally like a dude in the middle with now hair on his body and then a corn with a face superimposed on it and a glass of chocolate milk with a face superimposed on it. Well, and I feel like in the classic like style of the Chuck Tingle Photoshop, Mm -hmm. it's actually really well done. I like it. It is. It is well done. It's just hilarious. Cause the chocolate milk doesn't look very friendly. No, he looks very angry. And I don't yeah. like that he has facial hair. The corn looks like it would be very nice and like provide for you. and Very Midwest. Yeah, it's a very, very <laughs> sweet corn. I'm glad there's no angry coffee. Oh my God, me too. Very nice of him to include beverages. Mm-hmm. So what was your funny. favorite part? I think uh, maybe just thinking about how a floating donut can do what he supposedly is doing in this book. I think I think my favorite and least favorite part have to be the same thing, where mm-hmm. it's like questions are raised but not answered. And I'm not angry about them, but I just want to know. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, I think my least favorite part would be, I don't know. I think my least favorite part is the angry coffee, which we only talked about a little bit. Yeah. In reading it, that was my least favorite. We didn't cover that story for a reason. All right. Well, um, so this has been Burning Passages. Um, Thank you for tuning in for our first episode. Absolutely. If you have any book suggestions, reach out to us. Let us know. Yeah. We need some more genres. You know, we've, we've got a lot of ground to cover and I think we're both pretty excited to do it. Yeah. Nothing too obscure. And even traditional romance stories are nice too, but I think we're going to be going for a little bit of the, the obscure at first, right? Yes, definitely. Yay. Just because I've always wanted to. I mean, I've always joked about reading them and I love all the weird genres. So It's funny because with the Chuck Tingle book, like I was like, I think we, we looked at it as sort of a lark and I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Me too. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should start doing maybe a little bit of like Chuck Tingler mini episodes. I think so too. Ooh, I'd like that. Yeah, little right, mini-sodes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say? It's a little mini-sodes. Ooh, little Tingler mini-sodes. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Tingler studs. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> that doesn't flow as well as it should. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thanks, guys. All right. Tune in again. Bye. Bye.